Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. There are many classic movies. Some even have sequels better than the original. But to have a trilogy of great movies is a tough task. Franchise movies keep the cinema coffers flowing, but what are the best ones? Here's Neil with 10 movie trilogy facts. Well, thank you very much, Pav. So what I thought we'd do this time is get 10 famous film franchises that were destined to be trilogies, but never made it. So here we go. We have Hellboy at number one. The third was cancelled due to spiralling costs. Welcome to the party, pal! Amazon... Uh, Amazon? Amazing Spider-Man. Amazon Spider-Man. Spider Amazing Spider-Man, the third instalment was cancelled when an agreement was met with Marvel to take over. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. And Tron, the third instalment, was cancelled when Disney thought the box office wouldn't be there for it. Although, brackets, it was announced this morning that they are now doing a third one. Number four, Kick-Ass, a third Hang offering. On a was... Lots of guns. Oh. Hang on. Play that. Lots of guns. Ah, sorry, I missed that one. Uh, Kick-Ass, a third offering was discussed when Vaughn wanted to change directions but never got any further. You want to take a dinghy? No, no, I took care of that at the press conference. And then we've got 28 Months Later was due to be the third film in the franchise, but got cancelled when the backers couldn't agree on it. But Boyle and Garland have still said they would like to do it. I got a bad feeling about this. Fantastic Four. Both films did better at the box office than people even thought. The third was closed after Fox couldn't find an avenue and one star, Chris Evans, moved on. Trust me. Kill Bill. Although perfect just as the two movies, in 2004, Tarantino said he still had more to tell and that Uma Thurman was on board. It vanished and QT is now about to make his final film, The Movie Critic. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Chinatown. Polanski directed the original classic and started directing the sequels. Then Nicholson took over the duties. There was due to be a third, but was dropped to the latter's box office failure. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. 
and the new Clash of the Titans was going to have a third one in 2010. It was closely followed by the second, but poor box office put the third instalment back to bed. And the girl with the dragon tattoo after the success of Fincher's remake, the studio was keen to adapt the other two. Well, according to reports, they were shelved when star Daniel Craig wanted too much money to star. You're going to see some serious shit. Perfect timing there. Welcome, there we everybody. Are. Thank you very much, Neil, for the 10 movie trilogy facts. Uh, our guest joining us this week, he's already doing bedroom gymas- gymnastics on the on the video. Oh, you couldn't <laughs> see that? Oh, <laughs> you could. Oh, great. <laughs> it's, uh, it's top head Simon is here with us. Yay, for his Thank first go. He's, he's losing his podcast cherry to us tonight, doing gymnastics <laughs> well, on mean, his bed. Is, you're actually coming live from my childhood bedroom. I come up to see my mother. And this is where we are. So, oh, uh, as the, you just mentioned, the stories that mattress could tell <laughs> yeah. or smell. Indeed, indeed. So we're here to do movie trilogies, Simon. Yes, um, absolutely. How how hard did you find uh, compiling your top ten? Do you know what I found it quite easy to get the sort of say half a dozen, but then there's movies that I haven't seen, so I couldn't put in there and remain blissfully ignorant to them um and then there's others where after i'd compiled my 10 i suddenly was like actually that counts as a trilogy when you think about it Ooh, <laughs> and so i can shoot all that in there yeah yeah but we'll get to which ones those are yeah indeed, no, indeed. neil yeah oh, i would could have easily had a top 15 i think we, oh, we yeah. always say this every week, but yeah, I, I I did actually narrow it down quite quickly this one because I just thought, well, be ruthless, be in, and just do your ten, and then I got there. So controversial, I might have some in there and some not that people will disagree or not disagree. I usually I th- do. I think I've got some controversially that aren't in mm. my top ten. Um, right. I wonder if I, I wonder if be do. the same. Yeah, I wonder if it'd be mm. the same ones. Who knows? Um, but I was the same. There was a couple where I thought that's a good and i thought oh no because the, the third movie is crap yeah i can't put that one in so it's gonna yeah it's gonna be interesting i'm sure we'll have a few um repeats and a few duplicates but i'm uh, sure there will be who knows simon kick us off with your number 10 all right do you know what my number 10 is actually one of the surprise ones i don't think this will be anywhere near your lists final destination okay okay how many movies <laughs> has there been overall so? there's actually been I believe five. Five. Okay. I say I believe because over the past few months I've made it my, my you know, duty to watch these movies in preparation for this because I wanted to include them and I've never seen them. Heard people say things about it. I'll be driving down, you know, the road and there'll be, you know, a combine harvester in front of us. <laughs> be like, I can't because of Final Destination. I'll be in a room with a ceiling fan and people say, I can't be in here because of Final Destination. Or there'll be a ladder that's, you know, precariously placed outside of a building because I can't walk over there because of Final Destination. I'll be like, ah. And yeah, you're right. There's some quite intricate and exquisite and extravagant deaths in those movies. And the good thing about it that I found was you got the first one where it introduced the concept where the initial scene is someone foresees everybody's, you know, all their friends' deaths. Yeah. And then through the rest of the movie, they're trying to avoid it. And for me, that's a brilliant concept. And they were rightfully able to squeeze every drop out of that for the next five movies um but thing is 
as you know, with sequels and trilogies and then quadrilogies, um, you have to build on it with each one. So the deaths became more extravagant. The, the plots and everything surrounded, you know, how everything comes together in the end in the fifth movie, if you haven't seen it, I would spoil it. Well, actually, yeah, can we're I... Doing, we're doing, doing spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, we're doing spoilers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. You <laughs> so spoil basically, away. in the fifth movie, it goes back to the first movie. The last scene in the fifth movie is, is from the first movie. Everything right. comes back together nicely like that. Brilliant. A yeah. big old revolve. Um, do you think, though, um, Final Destination, Simon, it's always classed as a, a horror film, but mm-hmm. I always think it's more of a... I don't quite know. I don't... I never seem to want to put it in the category of horror. I know no, the I deaths would... are horrific, but there's nothing yeah. scary, if you know what I mean. That's it. I would define it as a thriller. Mm. Yeah. But some of the deaths are pretty pretty gross and a pretty it always reminded me like a saw where it got more and more inventive in the way yes. that people would die that's sure, all it that's was that's it yeah. yeah no a very very good comparison I haven't, I haven't seen them for a long long time I just I mean I'm, I'm obviously they, they still hold up because if you've watched it not long ago and you still enjoyed it they're of yeah. a certain era yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, aren't we all? We're all of a certain vintage, just of a more of a vintage than others. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. you know the mobile phones used in them were quite of the time, and the music and the hairstyles mm. and yeah. everything about it is very twenty first century teen. Now, was it was it the second one or the third one that had the? It was the pileup on the motorway. That's the second one. That was that's the great. second one because that was the one where one. the woman is like stuck in the car, and there's like a some kind of piece of wood or some stick that's near her head mm. and they go in with the the jaw crushers or whatever it is to get her out of the car and it sets the airbag off and it makes her oh it just well that's it i mean there was a revolution in terms of cinematography around that time that we'll get into with some of the other movies i'm sure as well yeah um but <laughs> once they started introducing cgi into these movies that's right the possibilities became sort of limitless yeah um they really became extravagant and there's very memorable death involving nigel um that really uses cgi and the ladder through the head at one point yeah yeah yeah. And that gruesome sunbed one. That's it, yes. the sunbed one. Very memorable. I mean, and yes, it is just a list of gruesome yeah. ways to go. But, <laughs> but that's it, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be fun. afraid of sunbeds. That's, yeah. what, that's the, the thing, though. We're, we're talking about these gruesome deaths, but it is fun. Yeah. yeah. Bizarrely. But that's the whole Which, point of it. Yeah, I know, but it's just it's such a good ride. I, I enjoy those movies. I really that's do. That's a great, great one to kick us off with, Simon. Wonderful. Go on then, Neil. You're number 10. So number 10, I've got the Evil Dead trilogy. Um, okay. But I'll rank them as Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and then the original. Although I have got a very soft spot for the original. It just didn't have the comedy. Are you, are you a fan of these movies, Simon? No, I've never seen them. And Ooh. zombies? Um, well, Not really. Dead Possessed. Dead oh, okay. Possessed. Yeah. yeah. Then I yeah. know nothing about them then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it is... I thought I knew that about them, but no. True horror. That's a true <laughs> horror uh, horror franchise. Yeah, that is a horror franchise, especially the first one, which which I watched again recently. And it does hold up well, seeing how low budget it was made for and everything, mm. and the, how they had to sort of make things up as they went along, like the steady cam that they did. But... It's quite nasty, that first one, yeah. when you watch it. It's no humour in it at all. But it was one really. of the original video nasties. In it, our country, because yeah. of, obviously, the infamous tree scene. Uh, oh, so when, what sort of era is this? What year? So the first Evil Dead is 1982. Oh, 
okay. and it's Sam Raimi, you know, went on to direct the Spider-Mans yes. and things. And it was his first movie, and it was basically students got together and raised as much money as they could and made a Cabin in a Wood horror film. Yeah. Okay. But they've done it really well. So if you see all their old practical effects, they're pretty gruesome. But Do you know what sort of budget like, it was? Uh, I don't even think it was like $20,000. It would probably Really? Tell In box yeah, office? Was, yeah. Oh, it's huge. became a huge hit because there's... <clears throat> I won't do, go into too much detail about the infamous tree scene. If you've seen it, you know. But that was quite shocking back there. And I mean, even Sam Raimi now says he would never be brave enough to do anything like that again. But he was young, naive, and didn't know. Um, the steady cam, they basically built a plank to hold the camera to follow people around rather than have that big contraption which went, went on to become the proper steady cam. Um, it, I find it all fascinating. Then they sort of remade it with the second one, um, but they included the turned the main protagonist into a proper hero, made it very sort of horror comedy, mm. and then they went even more so with the third one, Simon. It was pure horror comedy, yeah. Um, and Ash became, who was the um, the main protagonist, became the big sort of hero of the franchise. Uh, but it's fun. It's fun. You'll it never is. see so much blood in your life. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's all done, like I said, tongue-in-cheek. But I would watch them in order, though. I would. Well, that's it. Um, I just had a quick peek at those, those statistics I, uh, I asked about. Budget, £275,000. Was it? Okay. Yeah, that's very low, even for 1982. And yeah. then box office thirty million, which is very high for there that. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But you're looking at that's the same kind of like um, Blair Witch Project kind of. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was Forty thousand. Yeah, think, the, the, the budget yeah, and that for that. Had probably and over hundreds of yeah. million. Oh my god, it was yeah. crazy. It was absolutely that crazy. Did, yeah, yeah, and that, it just is a. I was going to say it's just a film that keeps on going. It, yeah. it doesn't disappear. The original, even Dead. so it's forty plus years old now. So and the sound design of the of the Evil Dead when it is on mm. the it is just horrific. It just stays with you all the time. Yeah, it's mm. a horrible, horrible sound. But um, I would recommend it though, Simon. If you, I mean, I don't yeah. know whether you're a horror. Fan. No, no. Well, I, th- I think with all the ones in, I think my goal of this is all the movies that I haven't seen. I'd love to go yeah. away and watch. Mm. Oh God, our, our lists of things that we yeah. pick up on each episode is just getting <laughs> yeah. longer and longer and longer. There's no and time trying to play through them. I'm getting far Indeed. behind now. Indeed. Um, okay, my number ten is the Naked Gun uh trilogy <laughs> now i was talking to um mel at works who's been a guest on the pod a couple of times and we were just quoting bits and pieces to each other now again whether they get made these days that kind of movie obviously there's a whole oj simpson of it all as well which is mm. when you watch the movies back is very strange to see someone like oj simpson in the movie with everything that happens after him but if you love airplane and you love hot shots those kind of movies Leslie Nielsen, I think, is the king of that kind of comedy. And they're the the kind of movies that you, again, like Airplane, you can watch them and watch them, and there are so many jokes crammed in. I mean, I loved uh, Police Squad, which was the TV show that The Naked Gun came from. Uh, But I think the first one, obviously, is the best. They were a bit, like, diminished as they kept going. Anna Nicole Smith in 33 and a Third... Um, Priscilla Presley obviously was in all of them as well. George mm-hmm. Kennedy, but they're just so much fun. They really and, are. Um, they're not as good as Airplane. It's a shame that Airplane didn't make a number three because I think that probably would have gone in, into my <laughs> top ten just for the sake of Airplane. But Leslie That's Nielsen, yeah. Leslie Nielsen, think, absolute king. 
Yeah, there's a few of those that I think there's like two movies, and if there was a third one, yeah, they've definitely been in the list. For me, it's 21 and 22 Jump Street. Like the day they make it 23 Jump Street, that's on my list. The, yeah. the, the plan was to, the plan was to do a third one, but to do it mixed with Men in Black. Men in Black, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. That was the plan, yeah. wasn't it? But it never. It was definitely with Imagine the... that. Yeah. yeah. Will yeah. Smith and Channing Tatum fighting aliens. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Will Smith just running up and slapping aliens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Yeah. I'd pay money to go and see that. Get your partner's yeah. name out. Yeah, get Jenna Jimmy Tatum's name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, right then, Simon, your number nine then, please. Okay, my number nine. Okay, so my number nine is... Uh, okay, one moment, please. <laughs> Planet of the Apes. The oh, new right. Ones. Okay. Ah, okay. The re- yeah, great movie. Yeah, is this on anyone's list? Nearly it was. It, it was, but it's not in my top ten. Okay, because mm. for me, I'm, I have difficulty with um movies where the concept isn't based in reality and so the original planet of the apes i did have difficulty with i needed a bit more lead up to everything that happened and with this the concept of it testing for a cure for alzheimer's being tested on monkeys and then them developing um you know superhuman intelligence through that was a brilliant concept mm. and i just think as well what's rare with those movies as well. The feel of them, while they're growing with each one, because obviously the monkeys develop with each movie, the feel of them is consistent throughout. Now, there's three different directors for each of the movies as well, so that's even rarer, because often you get trilogies where there's different directors for each movie and there's a different feel for them. You see that with so many sequels and remakes, but yeah, it's consistent throughout. Um, I just think as well the characterization of the monkeys as well because they're all played by real actors, yeah, um, and famous people that people won't even realize, yeah. Um, and the performances in the movies are just so magnificent. I think where that movie comes from, that small story of a man whose father has Alzheimer's, leading to dementia and trying to find a cure for it, and it leading to you know the end of the third movie with the monkeys taking over the planet is just a magnificent art. Mm. And the CG on the on the on the, the yeah, monkeys and the apes are course. amazing because it's mm. the fact that you see the eyes and it's the eyes where mm. it's, it's Andy Serkis is fantastic in that. Yes, as uh, he's Caesar. Is it Caesar? He is Caesar. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Mm. Yeah, there there is some talk. I believe they're pre-production or getting ready to do the fourth, aren't they? I think they're filming it. I think they're filming. Yeah, it they're filming it okay. now, isn't it? Yeah. Is it, is it the battle? They're calling it Battle of the Planet of the Apes. I think, that's or something it. Like that. <clears throat> Battle but of yeah. the Planets. Battle of the Planets. God. Yeah, I think so might be a bit too young to remember, yeah. remember Battle of the Planets. Um, but but I find a, the know, first movie out of that, Simon, quite sad. Yeah. I, I struggle with it. It is, first for one. sure. It breaks yeah. my heart too much. It is, and it's subtle as well, that mm. first movie. Because it, it's called Planet of the Eighth, and you think, oh, this is going to be, you know, but it's not. No. It's mm. a very sl- slow progression, and yeah introduce the characters in such a nice way um it makes you feel for obviously his father um dick from third rock from the sun mm. get the actor's name uh john lithgow john lithgow of yeah. course yeah um you know, he's brilliant in everything that he's in but yeah um, that, yeah, la- that last see, i think it's the credit scene isn't it which basically shows you had COVID swept the, the world. Yeah. Well, yeah. It shows all the planes yeah. going off and they're all infected and everything. That shows you how it all just went mm. all over the world. Oh, yes. It's, it's a good movie. Really, really good. Really good. Uh, go on, then, Neil, you're number nine. 
So this is the Vengeance trilogy. Um, so Park Chan Wook's uh, three films together. You got Sympathy for Mister Vengeance, Old Boy, and Lady Vengeance. Now I've introduced Path to Old Boy years ago. I still need him to see the other two. Yeah, I do need to because Old Boy that is if that is a an experience watching yeah. that movie. It's a great, great film. It's a well-made film. Don't ever watch the remake with Josh nope. Brolin or and uh, who directed it. It was um, Spike, Spike Lee. Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, awful, awful remake. But sympathy for Mister Vengeance first. It sets it up. It's all there in what I said. Vengeance trilogy gives you an idea what each movie is about. I believe each got a little bit of a, a different. Obviously, got a bit of different story. Sympathy for Mister Vengeance, Old Boy and Lady Vengeance. Sit back take the thing off know nothing about them so i'm going to offer no spoilers in here yeah. because if you do you'll ruin the movie Pav so will tell you are they linked are the, are the movies linked then only with the tone only with the subject of vengeance of vengeance right mm. so there's no like recurring characters in all three of them no but there's recurring actors so it right. does throw okay. you a bit okay okay all right but park chan work if you've never seen any of his films he's i think he's one of the best directors we around today he just it's just beautiful filmmaking that he makes and I just admire the chap so much. But yeah, it's put yourself, anyone listening, watching, and Simon, if you've not seen them, watch them in order. I've never heard of these movies. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. They're, they're Korean, so they're yeah. subtitles. Oh, okay. um, but as I say, Simon, Old Boy is the only movie I've ever watched where I physically stood up and had my hand over my mouth at a certain point. Brilliant. Physically, physically, like, just dumbfounded me and made me question existence <laughs> and i've never yeah. had that i've never had that with a movie before no then or since yeah so yeah. i would mm. thoroughly recommend it but like i say i need to watch the other two as well i really yeah, they're uh, well i'm open to movies. the idea of of uh, subtitle movies now thanks to sort of parasite and squid games yeah, and, yeah. you know well, if you like parasite i mean there's a there's a lot of stylized visuals and everything in that that's very reminiscent of what you're watching these okay. two yeah. they're probably a bit more adult content um, you know, they're they're a strong R or a strong eighteen. But it's they're they're not gratuitous, if that makes sense, right. for the sake of it. It's all fits in and it's all part of it. But yeah. 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 Good the one. acting, the story, just sublime. Very good. Um, okay, my number nine. Now I could have chosen one of three trilogies uh of this particular character, but I'm gonna go with the Tom Holland Spider Man. Um, just because I think that the quality of the movies, they don't... Well, if you look at, say, the Tobey Maguire one, Spider-Man 3 is the one that doesn't make it a great trilogy because that's a a really weak movie, too much crammed into it, not cohesive at all. First two are great movies. The third one lets it down. Obviously, the other one, there wasn't a trilogy, was there? It was only Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. But even if it's just for... Um, no Way Home, the the third one in the Tom mm. Holland uh, Spider Man trilogy, I think is a great, great movie in a in a time where, and I will come to this a little bit later on, but in a time where big budget movies are really ninety nine percent of the time they're let down um, mm. over the last since sort of post COVID, that was the one that made me really happy that I saw it at the cinema. Mm. because it was just a fantastic movie from start to finish had heart had laughs had good fan moments had some gut-wrenching emotional moments um and that really made it that really topped off i thought that the best movie of the trilogy was the third one which is very rare that you'll get that Mm. 
so for me, that's my... I mean, I think Tom Holland is my favourite. And the stuff he does in the Avengers movies and the other bits he's done for Marvel as well. That, for me, counts as, as my... He's my favourite Spider-Man, I think. Yeah. yeah I, I did have Spider-Man on my list, uh, but the original Tobey Maguire ones. Uh, but to get off for that reason, it was the third one. Because um, it was a bit silly, that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also... Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I enjoyed those first two movies, and I was looking forward to the third one. Um, with Rhino turning up at the end of the second one, and I was mm-hmm. like, "This is going to be this third movie is going to be magnificent." And then, like, to be honest, I don't understand the exact reasons why um, the third one was never made. I understand there were contractual and behavioural issues that led to so. it not being made. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, this new Spider-Man, Tom Holland, I've only seen that third movie and yeah, it was brilliant. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, it's good because he's young as well. He's, he's, he is, he, well, he was when he started doing it as a youngster playing Peter Parker, where <clears throat> instead of Andrew Garfield, who was probably in his late twenties playing a teenager, which didn't ever seem to work. Well, it was refreshing, yeah. wasn't it? Spider-Man in, when, if you read the comic books or know, or watch the old animation, it was, a teenager yeah there's no two ways about it and yeah alas i don't even think tobin <laughs> Maguire properly pulled off the teenager look no no where tom holland came in and it was refreshing to see uh just somebody that was spider-man as we knew and love i'm not i'm not knocking the um either of the other two franchises but yeah and it's refreshing not to have a backstory again yeah yeah you, that was yeah. the thing yeah it, it's the same when it comes to Batman. You don't need to see Batman's parents die, Bruce mm. Wayne's parents die. You don't need to see Peter Parker getting bitten by the spider. You know that. It mm. was good that it was just, they mention it a little bit and then they just carry yeah, on. move so. on, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah, a it's good choice, best, though. There were three film. strong films. Very, very. That's why it's my number nine. Um, so, Simon, you're number eight, please. Okay. And yeah, my phone is old and riddled with viruses, which why it takes me <laughs> to get this up each time. <laughs> It should have just written it down on a piece of paper, but it's 2023, isn't it? My number eight, I think, might be another surprise. Go on then. Austin Powers. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Is this on either of your list? I very nearly it was. It was on my first list that I wrote down as the top whatever it was, however many. I genuinely didn't even think about Austin Powers. I genuinely yeah. didn't. Well, no, that... that's it. I mean, this is the thing, because I am quite a, an aficionado in terms of the Academy, and I've always thought that it's ridiculous there is not a comedy award yeah. Yeah. Um, at the Oscars each year, when there is for Golden Globes, um, the precursor to the Oscars. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of how iconic that movie is, in terms of redefining sort of, wow, I suppose it... Cr- with James Bond already being technically a parody, I suppose you can't say it, you know, created the parody aspect of it. They redefined it in terms of it parodying and pastiching every aspect of the movie. Yeah. Like every second of that is a pastiche or a play on something. And it's iconically funny. There's so many scenes and moments in those movies. The music, um, mm. you know, completely of that era. And obviously Mike Myers, his performances, um, you know, playing so many different characters yeah. and creating, you know, great story, um, but also capturing um, that era and bringing it to a new generation as well. Because I think when you had movies that were were pastiches of the 1960s, it represented, you know, that era. 
But in this way, it, it brought it to modern times, obviously mm. with the time travel element of that. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think that movie is easily forgotten. Austin Powers is easily forgotten because my mind isn't around anymore. He doesn't make movies. And again, I'm not sure <laughs> the exact reasons for that. Um, but I wish there was an Austin Powers 4. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd definitely Well, news it. has it that he's preparing it, isn't it? Well, now I've heard that he wants to do it, so I don't understand why... Well, it's because everything he's done sort of since Cat in the Hat has basically bombed. Yeah. He's not made any money at the box office, including the new series he did on Netflix. The Pentaveret or something, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. which, which didn't... Oh, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I went to all. watch that, and I was excited about the concepts of that. Mm. But then in the first two episodes, there was a moment in the first one where all of it was bad, and there was a single moment where I was like, okay, maybe there's something in it. The right. second episode, there was a moment that was so original. I was like, that could only have come from Mike Myers' mind. And so I'll carry on watching it. But then the third episode was so bad, I just thought I can't yeah. do this anymore. But this is what everybody's saying. They're worried if he does finally make this Austin Powers 4. Not only has it been 20 years ago since the last yeah, one. 2023. Yeah, so they haven't even been funny for 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, it would be, it, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's it. And also been. looking at him now, like I've seen a few appearances, and his face is like the mm. Botox and all sorts. Yeah, 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 he's, yeah. He's, he doesn't look like, like Mike Myers, Austin Powers right. or like Mike, yeah, like, like Mike Myers. But but no, I mean, as movies, I, I, I always love the start of number three, where it's Tom Cruise, oh, yeah. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow, and directed by Steven Spielberg, and then the song starts, and Spielberg is hop skipping and jumping and doing backwards somersaults and stuff. It's great. Although and, again, Danny DeVito, but it's Kevin Spacey as well. So yeah. you, you always it always leaves you a little bit of a dirty feeling in your mind when you see. Not I didn't mean like that, but you know what I mean with what he's going. I, I'll shut up. Anyway, Neil, you're number eight. <laughs> yeah, I, Hands yeah, off I, I don't my hiney, Kevin Spacey movies on this list. Yeah, honest, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Hands off my hiney, baby. Yeah. So my number eight is the Dead trilogy: Night, Dawn, and Day. Um, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. You know how much I love these. We spoke about them very recently on our zombie episode, which you can get. We did. I was going to say um, these are zombies. I know that. Yeah, this is yeah. the George, <laughs> George Romero's original trilogy of zombie movies. They're all fantastic. I believe you watched Night of the Living Dead recently, didn't you, Pav? Uh, no, I never got a chance. I, I've, I've downloaded it on the Patreon. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's up on YouTube, so on the Patreon video playlist, you can watch the whole movie. I haven't actually got to watching it all yet. Right. Which, they're all great. They're all a social commentary of the time, so you've got something from the end of the 69, I think it was. So, uh, sort of commentary on the racism, on Vietnam, all sorts. And then you've got Dawn of the Dead, which is a commentary on capitalism and spending and uh, you'll see it and then day of the dead which is obviously more military um minded with the commentary but they're also great stories great horror do you like your horror simon you know not so much okay yeah i won't start recommending <laughs> you but these i think anybody can watch these they are zombie movies they are gory but they're very well written they're very well acted um Halloween people... time i'll watch a horror movie yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. Well, the first one's in black and white, so it won't scare you. <laughs> I mean, they, so when the was thing that is, from? though, yeah, that was 60, 68, 69. 68, 69. Wow. But, but if you don't like those kind of things, Neil, then it puts the willies up you, doesn't it? It really does. And who doesn't mind the willies? Put up them, <laughs> oh, eh? God, Neil, you are somewhere else. 
I'll ding that anyway. Um, okay, my number eight, uh, we're staying with the superheroes. Um, I, I so wanted to put the Avengers in my um, thing, but of course, you've got Avengers, you've got um, Age of Ultron, but then the the other bit is in two bits, isn't it? So mm. you've got, so you, there's four movies, so I, I couldn't put them in there. Well, so we I've gone forget for... about Age of Ultron for you. <laughs> well, no, because that's still officially number two. You can't do that. Uh, no. So I'm gone for Captain America. So Captain America, First Avenger, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and then Captain America, Civil War. Three great movies, but three very different movies. All you know, the the First Avenger is is very much steeped in the history of the the character of Captain America. The second one is more of a political thriller, and then the third one is one of those is the first time that. Marvel decided to do a balls out. Let's see how many characters we can fit into one movie. The introduction of Spider-Man, um, the, the just some of the revelations of what happens with uh, Tony Stark's parents. So many good things. And the fact that it became then the Avengers were sort of fractious and were, were breaking up because of the internal struggles. Just three great, great movies. And a kind of hanker back to those simpler times when Marvel just had one kind of through line instead of all these different shows branching off and people not knowing what's here and what's there and just such a strong storyline that they were building to to Avengers uh, Endgame. And, yeah, I kind of miss that simplicity, if you like, of the storytelling of Marvel because now it's just all over the place and I've really just lost interest now, but... Those three movies are very, very strong for me. Very, especially the second one, Winter Soldier. I think it's really oh, strong. Oh, such a good film. Robert Redford, we forget, yeah. is in that one, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, I watched that one again not so long ago. That whole scene with Nick Fury when he's escaping in the car. Yeah. It's just so well directed. The Russo so brothers, good. wasn't it? Their yeah. first. That was their first one. Yeah, that was their first yeah. one. So Simon, you a Marvel fan? I've been to the cinema to watch Marvel Marvel movies, like when the opportunity arises. Um, but I haven't followed the, uh, you know, the franchise through to the end game, um, which I think, you know, is, is you know, the intention. Yeah. Um, so I've sort of dipped in now. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, the one the one where I think all the Fantastic Four come together in a movie about 10 years ago. Yeah, right, this yeah, that, this, oh, this is probably a, bit, a little bit longer than 10 years for the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I went to watch that. Um, but yeah, leading up to our game, I haven't. It's, it's something that, you know, I hear was a magnificent oh, uh, pinnacle un- of that, unbelievable. You know, yeah, so yeah, something that, again, <laughs> If I do I mean, that, that, with watching yeah, all these movies that that, are on that'll here, that take you a little bit longer. That will because you've got twenty seven <laughs> movies or something to catch up. You've got ten years worth oh, of really? movies to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wait, I, I think, I so would, how's this a trilogy? Is this how is I this a trilogy? Want... Yeah. So, so Captain America had three of his own movies. Which oh, okay. these three. I mean, Thor yeah. has had three of his own movies. No, four oh, of his I own see. movies. Iron Man's had three of his own movies. Um, who else is oh Guardians of the Galaxy have had three of their own mm. movies so but they all intertwine in storyline and culminating in like I say like the Avengers movies basically but yeah so I like it you know the whole idea of such a you know massive universe that's been created over decades you know culminating into one yeah moment mm. is yeah. an amazing but now, now sort of post Endgame it's become such a mess Oh, really? So many different things with TV shows and it's getting confusing uh, now. It's getting very confusing. And yeah. Is it owned by very, Disney now? 
Yeah. Very, yeah, and very boring. I was going to say, I, I wasn't sure, but I imagine that's what's happened. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so what happens with most things. Disney buys it and then just milks it to death. We, we might get onto that a little bit later on. But yeah. uh, yeah. um, okay then, Simon, you're number seven. My number seven may actually be another surprise. Men in Black. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's an interesting <laughs> one. Now, I love the Men in Black franchise. I mean, when it came round, you know, just peak Will Smith. Um, he was right at the top of his game in number mm. one. Every single movie that come out, you were guaranteed a great soundtrack from him. You know, he released a single with each movie, which, you know, that was such an original idea. Um, and the feel of that first movie, you know, is for fans of different genres, really. You could be a fan of science fiction, just be a fan of Will Smith, just be a fan of action movies. And it was just brilliant the way it brought everything together. Now I'm invested in the idea of Men in Black, because the idea... Well, the very concept of, you know, this shadow government that turns yeah. up after, you know, alien visitations and then, you know, makes people stop talking about it. Um, it's a very real concept. And uh, that they made a movie about it and put it out in the public consciousness, I think is fascinating, mm. if mm. if it is real. Um, and uh, But, of course, the second movie, we got to talk about that because that wasn't what you would expect from a sequel to such a great first movie. Um, now, I think the performances from the people in that, fine, but it was the story. They just, they took the bits that people seemed to like from the first movie and just elaborated some random things like the dog. Um, and it was just too cartoonish. The CGI in it is suffered from because it was going through another renaissance of CGI and it was just like everything was CGI all of a sudden, whereas the first one was done so well, um, without using as much CGI as the second movie. The third movie, introducing the new concept of time travel into the series, bit of a risk, but actually made it. And I think that performance from Jermaine Clement in it as well, um, you know, that's something that really, given to another actor, might not have worked, but he really nailed that and made that movie. Um, the performance of... Um, is it Josh Brolin? Josh yeah. Brolin, yeah, plays a young um, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee yeah, Jones. Tommy Lee I thought Jones. he was really good. I thought he yeah, was really like, good. Was... Yeah, like <laughs> this is the funny thing as well. I mean, obviously Will Smith has won an Oscar now, um, but that performance from him, not Will Smith, from Josh Brolin playing younger Tommy Lee Jones, I think that was Oscar worthy. Mm. Like I think that performance, the portrayal of him, was just mm. incredible. And if you watch that movie just from that point of view, watching his performance is it's magnificent just from that point of view but the story's brilliant will smith back to his best in it and it's great that we got to see that before everything that's everything, come since yeah. with him was it it's sonnefeld wasn't it who directed them yeah Barry, uh, did yeah. he do them all did he uh good yes. question i think he did yeah, yeah according to my, my research he did because um, i was interested into why there was such a different feel um, between the second and third movies and the first one. And I thought, oh, it must be a different director. Um, but according to my research, it, it was the same same mm. person. And of course, there was mm. a number four. There was a, that Men in Black International that yeah, died. Yeah, what movie that was. <laughs> yeah, I was flying back went. from somewhere and I caught that on the, mm. on the thing. And I, I was like, oh, this is actually great. New Men in Black. But it was dreadful. Definitely up there with the worst movies I've seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Actually, I've never finished it. I actually, actually yeah. turned yeah, it I off. Yeah, I didn't finish it. I, I think I was the same. Nonsense. I think I was the same. Uh, but that, that is a good one. That is a good mm. one. Thinking about it, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the third one a lot more than I think 
I was preparing myself for. Do you know what I mean? It didn't yeah. seem to, but it had, a, it had a nice little storyline. Yeah. yeah, yeah, brought everything together nicely for yeah. the first movie as well. Yeah, absolutely. Shows absolutely. That, yeah, shows why Tommy Lee Jones was so interested in him originally. Why mm. he was cherry picked. Yeah. Um, because if you watch that first movie, you're like, why? Why Will? It's Will Smith. So yeah, of course it's him. But then it comes to the third movie. It's like that's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. Go on then, yeah. Neil. You're number seven. So I've got a superhero trilogy. It's Nolan's Batman trilogy. Um, yeah, got that too. Batman Begins, what? Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises. What number is that for you, Simon? Number three. Number three. Okay. Yeah, very high. So I think, and I still think, Burton's original Batman is the Batman movie of all time. I think it's the perfect Batman movie. I don't think it'll ever be top because it is the essence of what we know as Batman or I knew as Batman and everything. But it was nice to have a refreshing take on Batman, and that's what Nolan did. He brought a bit of realism um, and everything into it. And obviously the the, the villains are bad guys, but they're not car- uh, cartoon villains as they were mm. sort of in the comic book, and, and brought everything grounded and down. And then when he brought the, um, <clears throat> the, the IMAX cameras into it, and uh, I mean, I went with your brother, Paf, we queued for ages and went to, I think it was a 4am show him of the first week of the dark night at the IMAX. I've never been so blown away of a screening of a film before in my life of seeing that in true IMAX scale. And it just Nolan is a bit of a genius. I know Batman, the dark Knight rises is problematic and doesn't make a whole lot of sense throughout it. And it's got some stupid, bit, but it's also remember, it's got some fantastic set pieces and shows what Nolan really can do. Um, but yeah, I love them. I think they're great. They could have been stronger with the third one, but the other two are great. Fantastic. Yeah, that's it. The, the, the atmosphere and the general feel of those movies, the Zimmer music. Mm. Um, yeah, just magnificent. Like you say, set pieces as well. Like when you're watching the movie, you sort of forget, what's coming up mm. and then you're like oh god it's going to be that bit and yeah i'm, I'm back I mean, to practical effects which was really nice because obviously we all get a little bit but i know it's got cgi yeah. in it i'm not naive but a lot of the like the truck in the street and the car chases and the bat bike and the tumbler yeah they're all practical effects and how we miss those practical effects or well thankfully they're coming back a bit but well, I would say this would have been in my top 10 if it hadn't been for Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises for me is one of the worst movies ever made. It makes me angry with <laughs> some of the some of the plot holes, some of the ridiculous things that never oh, don't get me started. You got <laughs> Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. It doesn't matter. Batman is supposed to be there to protect the city. And he has one little thing that goes wrong, so he locks himself away for years and years and years because he's got a bad back, which he's able to sort himself out like that. Mm. All of a yeah. sudden, he's able to sort himself out like that. And That's it. I think I think it suffered a lot from hype. Um, I think because of what happened, obviously, with the first Batman. Uh, no, no, the second Batman. Um, with, the, Dark uh, Knight, he, the Dark Knight was of a, of a level that very few but filmmakers... But even that's got yeah, a poor with, ending... Oh, it's got yeah, but what I'm saying is, yeah. is as when you go from that movie, and Simon's absolutely right. I think when the next, the last one came out, everyone's going, "My God, this is going to be mm. as good, if not better, than The Dark Knight Rises." Well, that's it. I think it's something uh, from Heath Ledger's Batman performance Return. being so iconic. Yeah, and I think the reality is that the, yeah, the ending wasn't good in the second movie, but I think the intention was for him to come back. Yeah, mm. and I think but, the third movie suffered from that because obviously it had to be 
rewritten. Yeah, because um, it, it, it literally left him hanging, didn't it? At the end of yeah. the, that's exactly the right. Movie, so. Yeah, yeah. So in the the guy coming in in the third movie, Kane is that right? Bane, Bane, Bane. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Hardy, yeah. <laughs> Tom Hardy getting mixed up with WWE. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and it's because of his voice as well. I always think of Krang from the Turtles. In the way that he talks. Oh, but God, I, mean, I can um, remember when that first came out because everyone was saying that you you couldn't hear what he was saying. Yeah, because well, was, no, that's exactly oh, right. Yeah, for sure. But I also think that they expected whoever come in to do that, whoever come in to do the villain in that, yeah. was going to give another Oscar-worthy performance. That's right. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, it, I, yeah, yeah. Box office-wise, you know, it didn't suffer from it. It still made more. Oh, absolutely. Than, the, the previous movie but everybody wanted to see so. you know and famously filmed on IMAX but I'm going to be controversial anyway and I don't think Heath Ledger's the best Joker anyway there you go I'll leave it at that oh you're just ready to make war aren't you Neil that's all you <laughs> want to do well I think he's taught trouble. by two people one is a young Mark Hamill yeah and the other's and the, the other... lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars yeah uh, no. <laughs> Jesus let's, let's forget about his joke yeah, let's forget way. about all of that stuff yeah they it's didn't like even Jack do Nicholson that Jack Nicholson is your yeah, favourite yeah of course it is yeah, yeah. Not Caesar Romero. You don't want to go with that one. I love Caesar Romero, but the problem I had with his was his moustache. Yeah, he yeah. would never shave his tash off. Of course, he would. <laughs> um, okay, my number seven. I haven't seen number four of this one yet, but I'm going with John Wick. And um, I don't think I don't think there's ever a movie where they made the first one. And I'm pretty sure 99 percent of the people that were making that movie when they made the first one ever thought that there was going to be a second, third fourth or fifth one that they're talking about doing now it was just going to be a simple little movie about a guy spoilers who gets his dog uh killed so he goes on this rampageous revenge killing <laughs> spree and uh, the fact that the movies I, I wouldn't say they get better because john wick for me is is just a classic movie on its own but every one of those movies has got something intriguing about it. And there's, and again, great kills. And it's just all about John Wick is just going to kill everybody that has wronged him. And anybody mm. that gets in his way, he's just going to, because he's the bogeyman. And that's all that matters. And I love and the simplicity. grows, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I love the simplicity of those things. But also I love the stunt work in those movies are just like second to none. Mm. So you go on now. I was going to say, have you taken the? Have you watched the videos of Keanu doing the gun training? Yes. On YouTube, ah, oh, it's phenomenal the amount of work that guy puts into the, yeah, that role. Yeah. I'll put those on the video playlist for this it's, episode. But they, they are. This very nearly went into my top ten. It really did. I think they're just superb movies and so much fun. But I, like you, I haven't seen the fourth one, no. and the director's cut's coming out, isn't it? The full version. Which oh, is, is it? So it's like three hours anyway, isn't it? Oh, and it's going to about three hour twenty minutes now. Simon, you a John Wick fan? No, I yeah, yeah. You can probably tell from my silence. I've not seen the John Wick, so I know Keanu Reeves is in it. And sorry, I didn't mean to spoil the first one for you. I'm, then I'm sorry. Well, no, <laughs> no, that was good. I was. It was like I was watching a trailer, and I was like, John Wick is <laughs> dog, and now he's going to take revenge. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm bored with that. So yeah. It's such a simple idea. That's the thing. It's such a simple idea. It's good to hear that they're that good. Mm. Um, like, I had no idea, like, I knew it was a movie, but I was like, Keanu Reeves, I was like, but... You'll never see gunfights <laughs> like it ever again. People will yeah. try, people will try, but they won't do it like John Wick does it. It's, no. it's crazy. Wow. Crazy I'll, violence. I'll it almost become numb. I'm watching it because... 
I yeah. can't even imagine what they haven't done with guns. Well, this is honestly, good. <laughs> it's like ballet with guns. I mean, yeah, if you right. think of the old John Woo films from years ago and how he did gunplay and we were all like, oh, that's really good, or Robert Rodriguez in like Desperado, and you're thinking, oh, Christ, that's amazing. This just knocks it straight out of the park. This is yeah. like, this is how you do it, kids. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're the... really onto something with ballet mm. with guns because yeah. everyone would go and watch that at the theatre. Like, it's also I think... the fact, I mean, Keanu Reeves has got two types. He's got the ones where he doesn't say much in his movies and they're normally really, really good. And then there's movies where he has to act and they're not normally good. These, This is one of the ones where he hardly has anything to say. He doesn't say much, but it's the fact that all of the people that know John Wick, as soon as like they say that they say his name, you, they shit themselves because he's got this reputation of being the bogeyman, mm-hmm. and it's Booba Yaga or something they call it. I, think, something, it? Yeah. I would recommend, even if it's just the first one. If you just watch the first one, Simon, it, I yeah, thoroughly no. recommend it because mm-hmm. it's just it's loads of fun. It really is. Um, okay, then your number six, then please, Simon. Okay, my number six is Scream. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Great trilogy. Yeah, so I know I said one really in horror movies, but this actually, like, when the first one came out, and I watched it when it first came out, um, you know, it was phenomenal. Uh, uh, it sort mm-hmm. of did redefine the horror genre, and also, um, again, parodying previous movies of that genre. That's right. Um, That's the whole point. And the way yeah. the first scene... And again, creating a formula that works um, the same way I said about Final Destination in that Scream introduces the character. You're like, all right, who's this character? This is the one we're going to be following throughout the movie. Kills him off in the first scene. Like, when's that been done before? And that was, you know, it is absolutely iconic now. Like, even now they're making four, five, and six. You know, you want to see that first scene, see the way it sets up the movie. Mm. Um, And it's terrifying, that first scene. Absolutely. absolutely scary but yeah the twists the reveals at the end the formula is mm. just it's just magnificent and again Wes Craven um the way you know he he makes a certain kind of movie and creates that atmosphere and creates that universe as well and the way that mixed oh, in the third movie where you know it mixes with them making their own movie of the original yeah. movie love stuff like that mm. yeah and, and you're always, always second guessing, aren't you? You're always second guessing stuff on the screen. Mm. Thinking, I can remember. Yeah, I think do. I've said this before. You, you look at a character, you think, I reckon they're the ones that did it, and then they yeah. die, they get killed, and you think, Ah, shit! Right, I reckon yeah, it's that have person. You got, that's done have it. you guys seen the newer ones? I, I haven't. No, <clears throat> I haven't seen the newest one set in New York, but I have seen yeah. the one. Before. Oh yeah, yeah. I was excited for that, and I did watch that. And I'll tell you what as well: the the way they keep going through like each character, making you think it's them. And yeah. then at the end, revealing yeah. it is, you're like, hold on, I knew it's them, but I, I wrote them off because I was mm. like, no, 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 it couldn't be. That's yeah, the way to do crazy. it, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It makes you second guess. Yeah, the way he does, and you can watch like the older movies, like one, two, three, you know, four or five, and you'll have forgotten who the killers were. And you're right. still thinking the same way because you sort of forgotten. You're like, no, it can't have been him because. But then mm. it comes around, and you're like, oh no, of course it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think those movies are brilliant. The with the, with the twists is, yeah. I don't think anyone does it better. Kev, Kevin Williamson, wasn't it? Who wrote Kevin them? He Williamson. sort of reinvented right. loads of stuff because he did the Faculty as well, didn't he? Right. Okay. Yeah. If you've yeah. ever seen that, it was a good fun sort of change on the teenage high school movie. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great movies. Great. Very movies. good. Very good. Go on the Neil. You're number six. So this will probably get, I'll get shot down in flames for not being higher, but it's Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, that's my number five. 
Yeah, yeah that, I, that's that's uh, well, would it be a spoiler to say how high it is for me? Uh, well, you can is it higher it than number we're... two? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, we'll Stay keep that quiet. Then. I mean, it's spoilers, later, I mean, Simon. Yeah. You can talk about it later. But yeah, I love this trilogy. Who doesn't love this trilogy? It's you know, it's a time. What when this came out? I think I was fourteen. Went to see it, loved it, fell in love with it, and then we waited a few couple more years, and then we had two back to back. Um, the whole cast worked well together. Everything, and it's such a romp. It's such a family what I call a great family entertainment and the, we don't perfect make enough movie. Of them. A per- it is a perfect movie. It is a perfect movie. It is. The first one is a perfect movie. Yeah. And the, I think all three together as strong as bones. I must watch them again recently. It's been a couple of years and I've realised my son said I've never watched Back to the Future and I double oh, really? took and realised. No, I think that's got to be the whole point of having kids is so you can, you know, introduce yeah. them to those sorts of movies. Oh God, yeah, I'd be thinking, bloody hell, like American Pie's coming up next for him. Let's see how they react to this. But I just think in terms of movies that capture your imagination, you know, just limitless possibilities. And mm. at the time, of course, it was talking about the future. What, 2019? Is that right? 2015. 2015, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And looking at the future, you know, well, now we're watching it with a different perspective, I suppose. But back then, you talk about flying cars, you're talking about, you know, video calls, which obviously we have now looking back. Yeah. Um, you know, flat screen TVs, you know, all the technology. Um, there was a fingerprint recognition, um, drones. We even got the self-lacing trainers now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that, it makes you wonder whether that would have no, that wouldn't have been a no, thing that, if it hadn't have been for Back to the Future. <laughs> no, they tried to make they they made those for the 2015 yeah. like, anniversary. Yeah. The one yeah, thing I hope right. is that it's a, it's a trilogy that a doesn't get remade and b there's never a number episode four. There doesn't need to be. I it needs to be, it just be. needs to be stuck like that. But I don't want them to remake it either because what's the point? One Is day it, it'll come. No, I it'll know. come. They don't it'll need come. To. Yeah, they I think it's, it was a sort of a magic in a bottle moment as well. I think when you look at how it was made as well, so much of it was just it had to be done like right now. Yeah. Or it couldn't happen, kind of thing. Mm. Michael J. Fox's schedule at the time, they had to film a lot of it at night because he was filming another TV show during that's the day. Right. Yeah, and so that's why you know a lot of it is at night. Yeah. Uh, but of course, that makes for a lot of the lot of the scenes. Yeah. Um, you know, and you had the whole Eric Stoltz of it all as well. That yes. it wasn't going to be Michael J. Fox. And oh yeah, I love stuff like that, especially when you can actually see videos of them mm. as them. It's like what looking at an alternate universe. Yes, exactly. where this person played that part. Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, so so good, so good. But it's very Spielberg. I know he's only the producer; he wasn't the director. Um, but it's very Spielberg esque. It's yes. at that time. Yeah, that's right. It was when movie studio. making was just yeah. they they yeah. knew what they were doing and they were given free reign to do it studios really weren't sticking their nose in. You know, we talked about Spider-Man 3, where there's a perfect example of what happened when a studio takes over the production. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So that was... Yeah, and I think the way that the second and third were filmed, like, directly after Mm -hmm. one another. That's right. And how the first and second also, you know, correspond with each other, how you're going back into the first movie when you're in the second movie. I think that's all magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. There's, a, there's a great line in Avengers Endgame where it's all about time travel and they say, oh, so Back to the Future is just a bunch of bullshit because <laughs> they're talking about that you can't go back and talk to yourself when you go back to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah, just I mean, a, the paradox a, is that exactly. Back to the Future gets you to think yeah. about. Is, yeah, is, but then when you start incredible. thinking about it, too, you should like in Austin Powers when they say mm. you shouldn't think about it too much when it's things like what happens if you go and meet the, your previous person. Again, it's like the dial of destiny, but let's not go into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, my number six, uh, uh, Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers! It's Die Hard. I'm going to have yes. Die Hard as uh, as that one. I I I love the f- first movie. Again, it's one of those perfect movies. It Die Hard. Movie. Um, number two is my least favorite of the three because I, I really love number three as well uh, with Samuel L. Jackson, but. It's one of those movie, one of those franchises that should have stayed at three movies. Mm. They shouldn't have bothered making four and five. Did they, was it five? five? No, yeah, five, five is truly. I think there is five. Yeah, really and they awful. were there was talking of a, like a John McClane year one, weren't, weren't mm. they? But obviously Bruce Willis is now um, incapacitated of sorts, so that's never going to happen. Which is is not a good thing that he's incapacitated, but it's a good thing that they're not going to go back to that well because the the first movie is like back to the future it's a perfect movie it's a perfectly Mm. um put together piece of art as far as i'm concerned it's just a fantastic piece of cinema second one's a lot of fun uh but the third and the third one for me is is a great romp around new york city it's just so good and jeremy irons is great as a as a bad guy but it wasn't originally written as a, a diehard no, movie, was it? Simon it Says, wasn't yeah, that's it? Right, the original yeah. script. Absolutely. I think I've got a copy of the original script up in the loft. Yeah, they yeah. they sold it, didn't they? I bought I think I bought yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay. Before we carry on, it's now time for this. Pop quiz, hotshot. 
Yes, pop quiz, hot shot. It's quiz time, Simon. Are you ready? How are you with quizzes? You know, usually quite good. Well, here we go then. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that to the test. It's first one to three. Um, if you get the, cor- the answer wrong, <clears throat> it goes over to your opponent. And we will start with you, Simon. Do you want to go first or second? First. You're going to go first. Here we go then. What was Neo's official name in the Matrix trilogy world? Wasn't it Anderson? Uh, can I have the full name, please? <laughs> I need the full name. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Simon. No, I don't think that's going to come to me. No? Will after you say it. Okay, Neil? <laughs> I think it's John, isn't it? Or is that just the, the bloke from Gladiators? <laughs> no, John Anderson is the lead singer of Yes. Yes. And John and Vangelis. <laughs> or is it's, it, and it's, it's not John. Thomas Anderson. Thomas Anderson. Tom. Anderson. John. Tom. Yeah, well, we all knew it was That's Anderson. a half point for me. Uh, dear, I'm afraid we don't give out half points. It's, it, it's zero on one, Simon. Yeah, We're just okay. doing binary numbers here. Uh, Neil, for you. Uh, what is the title of the third movie in the Dollars Western trilogy? The good, the bad, and the ugly. It is the good, the bad, and the ugly one to you. Um, Simon. Oh, shit. We just Okay. 1985, 1955, and what other year is featured in the Back to the Future trilogy? 2050? <laughs> <laughs> that was just the way that it went. So, yeah. I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. It's one all. Neil? Is your question. What is the name of the hotel that features heavily in the John Wick franchise? Christ. Oh, um. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it when I get people. I know this. I know this. I'll have to oh. hurry you. It's the. Begins with a C, I think. Most most good words begin. The Continental. It is the Continental. You pulled that one out of the bag. (laughs) Okay, Simon. What is the first word that appears on the opening crawl of Star Wars: A New Hope? In. It's not Neil for the win. Rebel. No, it is it. It is a period of civil war is the first line. Um, So who was that? That was yours, Simon, wasn't it? So over to you then, Neil, for the win. In Lord of the Rings, to defeat Sauron, you have to cast the one ring into the fires of where? Mordor. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Simon? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, fires of hell it's Mount Doom Mount Doom which I'm assuming it was, is in Mordor I believe but unfortunately it had to be specifically uh. Mount Doom okay Simon what is the name of the strawberry coloured bear voiced by Ned Beatty in Toy Story 3 <laughs> no idea uh, pink 
with uh, no, I was just thinking of what he could be called. So I think they're um, Tuddles. <laughs> it's not Neil for the win. Scrubs? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. It's Lotso. Oh, Lotso. Okay, then, Neil, for the win. Who played Venom in Sam Raimi's Spider Man 3? Um, um, oh, my God. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it. I'm sure I had it on the end. This of my could be turn. the first time I run out of questions, just to let you know. <laughs> um, oh God, I can picture the actor. I bet you can. I can. Um, I can't think of his name now. No, go on. We'll be no okay. Simon. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Topher Grace. So Simon, he, what, he was in something else. Topher Grace. I've heard that name. Topher Grace as well. He was in. Oh, uh, he's been in. He's been in loads of things. I think. Yeah, Seventies show. He was in something like that. I think, I think that's. I think that's it. So that, anyway, so I've got one question left. So uh, Simon, if you get this right, then it's a draw. Okay. okay. It's going to be a tough one. I don't think you. You're really going to have to. You know, really get your brain sorted for this one. Who mm. played young Agent K in Men in Black 3? Josh Brolin. Is correct. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled it out of the bag with two questions and two answers that we've spoken about literally 15 minutes ago, but well done. Well done. It was 2-2. Two, two. There you oh, go. Yeah. That's it. I've got no more questions left. I so just don't questions. seem to ever win these, but never mind. And there you go. There you go. Okay, back to the uh, job in hand. And Simon, you're number five, please. <laughs> Not going to have a break after that. God, I feel like it's Oh, God, no, no. We're, we're straight <laughs> onto it. <laughs> number five is The Matrix. Okay. Is this on your lists? No. No, mainly because of number two and number three. Three. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah, I, I thought it would be. So, a new concept again. The simulation. The idea that we are living in a simulation. And again, again with Men in Black where I said they're showing you exactly what's going on mm. in a movie and no one's paying attention. Same with The Matrix. We're living in a simulation. There's a movie about it. And everyone's like, oh, that was a good movie. Get on, get on with our lives. And yet, you know, however many years, we're talking 25 years now, yeah. um, since the original movie, and that idea, it still keeps coming up. You know, science still talks about it. Um, it's becoming increasingly, you know, likely um, that we're living in a simulation that is created by artificial intelligence. And all of a sudden, we're seeing the rise of artificial intelligence that we've been warned by futurologists that if we don't control artificial intelligence, then it will eventually take over the world. And that means exactly what that's about. Yeah. And, you know, quarter of a century later, no one's done anything about it. And, it, no. we, you know, we every day is learning more and more and becoming more and more intelligent. And yet there's no cap to it and we can't stop it. But yeah, in terms of a cinematography point of view, <laughs> it's very good as well. Um, it's obviously introduced the concept of bullet time. Um, again, oh yeah, I mean, Keanu Reeves and his bullets. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Guns. Go. We um, need guns. Yeah. Yeah, and Will, I, I want to talk about Will Smith as well, because he was originally, you know, asked to play Neo and turned yeah. it down to yeah. make Wild Wild West, which gave us a great single, Kiwiki Wild 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 West. 
but yeah. how different Not, a movie it would have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, because it was when Will Smith was at his peak, and you you can imagine what kind of movie this would have been if Will Smith was in it. Mm. Um, so I think in terms of an historical artifact, I think it's it's mm. good that it was Keanu Reeves and he was able to, you know, uh, give us the the trilogy we saw. I haven't seen the fourth movie. I don't know if anyone has. I hear yes. it's not very good. I, I hear saw the fourth so one. Well the box office. Yeah, I, I thought it was it. better than two and three. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> the funny is... thing about two and three is, I will say, is the concept was weaker. It got diluted with each mm. movie. The second movie, it was more having all the Agent Smiths piling on top of Neo, and that was the big moment of the movie. And that the looks really bad. Was, That's dated it, really that bad. bad. So, and the yeah. third movie mm. is, you know, let's have it raining while they're fighting. And yeah. it's like, okay, cool, but what, what the, what's the movie about? It's like, don't matter, it's all green and rainy. It seemed, to, it seemed to get a little bit overstuffed to the third one. It seemed, yeah. and it seemed to be trying to be too clever for its own good kind of thing. And I, <clears throat> again, the first one, just like what we've mentioned for other ones, the first one is a perfect movie. It is, yeah, it is as a standalone movie on its own. Mm-hmm. It is just such a good movie. But yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put it in my top ten just because of like just the diminished returns of number two and then number three. Yeah. And then I watched number four. And, I, and again, it's like I said, but like movies of the last year or so, it just did nothing for me. I don't know why it just didn't. Um... I mean, I'm not saying it was a great movie, but to me it was better than two and three. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. That's fair enough. Uh, go on then, Neil, number five. So I'm with Lord of the Rings, but I'm going to go the extended trilogy because I much prefer those movies over the, the cut ones. But, I think they're perfect, well-written. was a fan of the books, read the books. I think they did a mighty good job. Um, still a good s- section of uh, practical effects. I'll bang on about practical effects. I'm not a huge CGI effects person. don't mind it when it complements practical effects. But, uh, but then again, story there, there, is, there is a hell of a lot of CGI in... There is, but the the, well. it sort of blends well. Even watching <laughs> it now, it hasn't dated. It blends very well. I know... Like the cave trolling, that's a bit, mm. but you know, it, it works well because it was, you know, we we know that there was a, a whole horde of real people dressed as orcs, yeah, and then multiplied and everything like that. It's 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 good filmmaking. It's what it's Peter Jackson. You know, you could see his 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 graft when he did um, Bad Taste, Brain Dead, Meet the Feebles, and then went into the Frighteners. I don't know whether yeah. anybody's. I mean, I think that's a really Michael J. It Fox. Michael J. Fox, yeah. But you can see where he was starting to get the principle of the photography of Lord of the Rings, the effects and everything mm. sorted. But the extended explain it more. I don't think they dwell or they're dull, even though people, some of our, our friends and that say their film's just about walking. <laughs> I think it's a bit more than that. I, yeah, I love yeah, them. Yeah. I yeah. love them. He nearly undid all the good work with The Hobbit. He very nearly did. But we can forget that they even exist, the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, great movies. Yeah, I don't know about you, so I mean, whether it's, um, I'll be strung up for it, but it's, he's not in, it's not in my top ten, Lord of the Rings. I I, I enjoy the movies, but then <laughs> mm. they, it's the same as like Game of Thrones and things like that. It's too many names <laughs> and you just, I, get, I just get confused a little bit. You know what I'm like, Neil, I'm a yeah. simple soul. Uh, what about you, Simon? Uh, yeah, I'll be honest, it's not in my top ten either. But then, I haven't seen him, I know the story, Darth Vader goes to Hogwarts, flies into the two towers, <laughs> I, I get all that. But 
but no, uh, it's something, it's one of those ones where, again, from an academy point of view, I appreciate its art. Yeah. Um, and so it's something like, it's one of those ones where you know how long it is, and you know how much mm. of a commitment it is, and it seems like a big deal to watch it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's one of those where I'm building up to watch it. I've been building up to watch it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think, especially the extended versions, because they're like, Four and a half hours each, aren't they? Something yeah, like four hours. Someone gave yeah. me a book to read on a plane once, and it was massive. Yeah, and I didn't even open it. It was really. Okay, so my number five was Back to the Future. So we're back to you, Simon, for number four. Oh, okay, <laughs> my number four is going to be a bit of a surprise. I don't think it's going to be on your guys' lists, um, but it's actually. American Pie. Okay. Okay, I like the first movie. I think the first movie is great. Well, no, that's it. But I love the American Pies. I grew up with them. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. American Pie 1 came out when I was in my last year of high school. American Pie 2 came out when I went to college. And American Pie 3 came out after I left college. And my God, growing up with those movies, I could mm. talk about them all day. If you want to do a top 10 of <laughs> things about American Pie, I'd yeah. love that. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, the, the way they came together, I mean, starting with how, you know, the movie came about, it just came from them writing a script um, in college about their experiences in college. Um, it pitched it to studios as a movie you can make on a small budget, but I think people are going to love. Um, you know, it was a budget of 10 million, which in 1999 was relatively small. It made 100 million, second one, 100 million, third, 100 million. And there was basically... You know, it's, it's what you call a sleeper hit, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. In the, you mm. know, they don't expect the success, but then word of mouth spreads it. And look at American Pie, another cultural phenomenon where it just redefined the genre. It brought back those teen comedies um, to, you know, movie going audience when they thought they were dead because um, all those movies from back in the sort of 80s, you know, there'd been nothing since. Mm. And, but this brought it back and it brought it, you know, back to the point where, you know, this movie, um, was parodied by so many movies that came since. They made an entire, you know, movie franchise of parodying, you know, teen comedies after that. Yeah. Um, and the careers it launched, you know, these kids came out of nowhere. Um, you know, Sean William Scott, Jason Biggs, Alison Hannigan, you know, people, they didn't see this coming. And watching those movies, like that first scene where, where they're sitting in, in dog years, you know, and you, if you watch that first scene, they, they got sweat on their faces because it's the, fir the first time they ever filmed like a, a movie, all of them, mm. all these kids and, and film that you can see how nervous they are and you know what's coming afterwards. You know this movie is going to blow up and you're literally watching that movie from that point of view thinking these guys don't know what's coming. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change their lives. And watching that movie from that point of view, the way they're talking about the experiences through high school and how that's going to change their lives. <laughs> and you're reading from the so, so many different aspects. And yeah, literally anybody who's in those movies, I'll watch anything they've done. Sean William Scott actually absolutely love. And I while and the thing is, while we know none of them are like great actors, none of them are going to be Oscar with it. Um, but the, in those moments, God, they gave everything they got to those movies, and I actually love it. The soundtracks as well, the music that you got introduced to because of it. You know, Blink One Eight Two, um, Third Eye Blind, all those bands that are on those soundtracks that just make the movies. There are iconic moments in the movies as well, and that's before we're even talking about those iconic moments in the American Pie movie. Yeah, and you could do a top ten. Yeah, absolutely. With the oh, apple pie. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that was the start of the gross out comedy, wasn't it? When you could show yeah. things more than you did before. That and there's something yeah. about Mary sort of yeah. changed comedy to the way that you know we more saw of an before. adult comedy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Treated us as grown ups and could show things that you didn't normally show. Yeah. And not worry about it. I haven't yeah. gone back and seen them for a long, long time. I wonder if they sort of they still hold up. Because they, well, they've got to be like 25 years old, haven't they? 1999, wasn't it? Was it? The first oh, one? Yes. Yeah. Older, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be worth yeah, it'd be worth giving them another look, I think. Yeah, um, you know what? I, I think from how you can watch some things and they don't hold up because no. you're like, oh, actually, that doesn't fly today. Yeah. I, I, there's one particular part in American Pie 1 uh, with the filming of Nadia where you're like, oh, actually, that's a massive invasion of privacy and that is yes. on. Now, um, but, but it was that, it was something worth looking at at the time. I can remember that. Elizabeth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, to be dear. fair, even though it, we could say it's a bit dubious, I would still say that a lot of teenage kids would probably set up a prank like that now. Oh, of course they would. But they just they'd whack it on Sorry. TikTok, wouldn't they? That's what they do. Well, no, that's absolutely. Yeah, I suppose things like that. well, no, actually, working <laughs> working in a setting where, um, oh, actually, I, I don't want to go into my job too much in the place where i go but no. um say in a hospital setting where you do make meet parents of children who are in school the things you mm. hear about mm. that go on in schools these days it's it's uh as worse if if not exactly. even more worse than what we had to deal with like yeah, particularly absolutely. with social media yeah if something does happen like that yeah um sherman sent it well not, not sherman it was jason big sent it through jim sent it to everyone on their emails mm. but yeah. literally that's just everyone in the school now it'd be everyone across the world like it'd be on, it, yeah, if, exactly. if something it's like that went viral TikTok, then it? it'd be everyone across the world and they wouldn't be able yeah. to get away from it. Mm, so yeah. yeah oh technology yeah uh go on then neil you know before so I will just jump straight in with toy story the original three yeah that's my number three yeah what a, a cartoon and a story with heart we all feel it we've all been moved touched and cried along with woody and buzz and his collective crew um i'm gonna say controversially i quite enjoyed number four but they didn't need to make it no and now they're doing number five yeah which is sad it saddens me even more um, but yeah, I just love the heart of these stories. The voice actors, Tim Allen, Tom Hanks, everybody really involved. Um, I would say number two is my favorite out of the three overall. Yeah, um, I think I would agree with that. You know, and Jesse's song that breaks, that breaks oh. my heart, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, a, yeah. When some, that's the when way that, that's when Pixar me. was at the top of its game. I yeah. mean, I think they've overdone it now. Um, I think they're missing John Lasseter something crazy. I think it's I think it's more the way that Disney have played them. That Disney mm. have made them where they are a straight to streaming service, which is what they did mm. over instead of being a cinema service, and it's, yeah. and it's killed them. And it absolutely was a cinema. They are cinema movies. They are absolutely. They're are. so yeah. well produced. But yeah, great stories. Obviously, you've seen them, haven't you, Simon? Oh, yeah, of course. But how yeah. are you going to talk about Toy Story and not talk about the animation? Well, well that mean, was what I was just about to say. Is if, you, if you look at the original Toy Story, it looks so crude now yeah. compared it's, to it's what they, at the yeah, time. But uh, yeah, at the time, it was like, wow, look at this. Look at these amazing visual mm. effects. And, and it felt like that's at, what it was leading up to as exactly. well. You and saw glimpses you, of what was possible, yeah. and that showed you what is possible. And you can see there the way that they have moved on from Toy Story 1, 2, 3. Look at Toy Story 4, and it's mm. like looking at an actual just film of 
real life, but with little yeah. toys in it because the the detail is just rendered just amazing. It's just unbelievable. But it, yeah, they've, and especially when I've, I've, if I think the documentary is up on YouTube, I'll put it in the video playlist. But the whole story of what the original Toy Story was supposed to be and how bad it was mm. that they had to completely stop it, and because Woody was a completely different character, he was more like the baddie of the the movie than the the right. hero, and they completely changed it around. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, see if, I'll see if I got it. I can put that in there. But yeah, I completely agree with you, Neil. It's just a, a lovely trilogy. Beautiful and number, number two is number two is my favourite. Mm. Well. And again, it finished number three so well. They didn't need to. No, they didn't. It, it was a perfect it. trilogy, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? Perfect Start trilogy. finishing. In. Yeah. Um, okay. My number four. Um, there are four in this uh, particular franchise, but I'm going to go with the first three, and it's Lethal Weapon. <laughs> eh? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna hands up admit I forgot Lethal Weapon. Did you forget Lethal Weapon? Oh yeah. Neil. I, I mean for all of his, his troubles again, I, I do I like uh Mel Gibson as an actor. I think he's fantastic as an actor. Um I know he's obviously had his troubles and and you know problems and stuff. But the two of them together, Danny Glover and and um and Mel Gibson just work so well together. Mm. Uh, the second one I can remember seeing that at the cinema and when uh, spoilers um, Martin Riggs gets shot near the end. And yeah. then this, the, the, it's the, the knocking on heaven's door, I think starts playing Let's the see. Clapton version. I thought, Oh my God, I was like, I was in tears at the cinema watching that, but it's just the, the mixture of comedy, the mixture of action, the mm. mixture of just good, like solid like 18 certificate language and, and violence um, is, is great. Number three is probably not, the best it's not the best of the three still got some great set but pieces still got though. some great set pieces and compared and num- to number four compared yeah. to number four yeah it really and then again they're talking about doing a number five but now that richard donner passed away i'm not sure whether they're no, the mel gibson think... was supposed to be directing it wasn't he so yeah uh, and they should just forget it now yes they, just yes. let it be you know they nearly destroyed it with number four but it, i was just gonna say when I, I remember watching number two at the cinema after seeing number one yeah. a couple of years before how violent number two is. Oh, absolutely. When you watch it back now, I'd forgotten how violent it was. But of course, it was Shane Black as well, the original. It's the start of Shane Black's sort of, you know, dominance of how good he writes a script. Indeed, absolutely. You a fan, Simon, of Lethal Weapon? No, no, there's another one to add to my list. Oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, well, You're in for action and fun I, now. I, I no, genuinely... I, the time that came out as well, I think what you're saying about the violence as well, I think there was uh, sort of a, a competition between movie studios of escalating that with each you know mm. movie that came out, like how violent can we make it? And I think what that shows with League of the Weapon, I, I don't know, but um, it seems that that's a product of that. Um, yeah. And that was a really successful concept as well, building mm. on it with because it was different studios competing with each other and escalating and I think and, mm. yeah it was brilliant from that point I mean yeah. it was surrounded by controversy when it came to the UK anyway the first movie because obviously the Hungerford shootings that's right yeah and the, they were worried that they were going to put it on with the title that it was and everything so but especially yeah. the first one it's just a classic 80s Christmas movie. movie Christmas movie yeah like Die Hard Christmas movie Okay, that was my number four. So, uh, Simon, you had the Nolan Batman trilogy at number three. Yes. Uh, Neil, what's your number three? It's the Godfather trilogy. Oh, now I know really? people. Yeah, I love Even these with movies. number three? 
even with number three. Wow. Take away, right? It's got problematics with the film in a number three, but you can't take away how strong Pacino's performance is in that movie. So okay. it's probably one of the best performances he's done if you rewatch it. And I don't think it's as bad as it is. I mean, Sofia Coppola's acting, yeah, is terrible. Bad. Is bad, but, but we can get over that. She's not in it that much, to be fair. It's it's great, and we miss um, Robert Duvall. Really yeah. miss Robert Duvall. Yeah, but then when, as I say, it's still got his moments, and it's still got a wonderful performance by Pacino, um, and quite moving performance as well. But when you put number one and two, which to me, I know people question it and say, "I find it boring. I find it this." They're nearly perfect movies for me. Yeah, yeah. And the second one. Oh Jesus! I can watch that any time, any day. Uh, the, the you know the introduction of De Niro as the old um, uh, Corleone, uh, you know, in his younger years, and oh yeah, I, we could go on and on. But I'm I'm a huge fan of the Godfather series. I feel like Simon's got another couple of movies he has to add to his list, or is is it, are you a Godfather? No, no, absolutely. I've seen the Godfathers. Um, like we say, bigger version out of the Academy, and so Godfathers are movies that. You know, perhaps I wouldn't have chosen to watch, but because of how well they were, were regarded, um, I have watched. Um, and literally, yeah, I, I agree. Perfect movie. Um, you've got the performances of Brando, Al Pacino, James Kahn. Um, You've got the direction of Coppola. Um, the casting of the entire, the entire movie was perfect. And again, a lightning mm-hmm. in a bottle. You know, just stars coming, aligning uh, for that movie. And then... The thing is, I think as well, with iconic movies, you need to hear their name, Star Wars, Godfather. You're hearing the music instantly. Yeah. And I think Godfather, for that, the the music, the way it underlines everything in the movie and escalates things and de-escalates things and just gives that feel throughout. The cinematography for the time um, mm. was completely unique. Um, and the feel that it gave for that, and there was no, there's no other real movie like it. Other movies have tried to imitate it, build upon it, um, but Godfather was it. Um, there's so many movies that have come along since then that wouldn't have happened if Godfather didn't mm. exist. Uh, Casino, Scarface, Donnie Brasco, Goodfellas. Mm. Um, I mean, I've yeah, never Pavella read the himself. book. Oh, sorry, I was going to well, say no, I've never uh, read Mario Puzo. That's, that's isn't exactly it? what I was going to say because the original Godfather. A novel uh, was it was going to be made into a single movie originally, mm. and um, this is why there's three movies in the first place. Because while the first and second movies are considered perfect on their own, um, Capone said himself the third movie did have to be made. He says himself that he feels that the story for the third movie is better than the first movie. Um, and the first movie, the story through that, I mean, we haven't even talked about what happens in the film. That's how good a movie it is. Mm. The actual storyline of that mm. is perfect. The way it, it, it crescendos and peaks mm. and, and, and there's mellow moments and times for introspection, and then escalation. And the way it, the music underscores it all is it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. I've got a copy on VHS that does it in chronological order. They re-edited it. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we used mm. that back. Oh, I don't know where that's gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and yeah, and I think the Academy Awards just speak for themselves with that right, one exactly. as well. In exactly. terms of it, all the movies mm. on the list, that's the one that. Well, apart from Lord of the Rings, I suppose. Um, 
that's the one that you know in terms of performances you know it did win several yeah strong mm. strong actor mm. an actor's yeah. an actor's film mm. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. People study that movie to learn mm. how to act. I mean, especially Martin Brando, higher than that. You know, yeah. we forget what amazing actor that man was. He sort yeah. of got, became a parody of himself later on. But while he was filming that, so he was acting, and we all thought he was old, but he wasn't really that old. I think he was younger than I am now when yeah. he made and that he said, movie. He said himself that the decision that he made for that performance with the cotton wool balls mm. was completely impulsive. Yeah, because like, he was filming to... Last Tango in Paris, wasn't it, at the same time? Right, yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, uh, number three. <laughs> <laughs> my, number three my number three is Toy Story. Uh, so, Simon, over to you for your number two. My number two is The Godfather. Oh, well, there you go. There we are. Well, there you go. Yeah, great. It's no movies. wonder you was you was waiting on that, weren't you? Okay. <laughs> well, we've we've said what we need to say on that, but that's fine. Okay. okay. Right then. So, Neil, your number two. Right, I'm going to tell you now. My number one and number two could swap any day and any week, but I've set it in stone. Basically, okay. because you'll understand why when I explain. So, I put number two, the Star Wars, as the original trilogy. Um. We've talked about this numerous times. Anybody that's listened to the podcast knows we're fans of Star Wars. But the fact that Star Wars was the first movie I ever went to see at the cinema in 1970, the end of 77, into 78, yeah, yeah, was uh, my introduction to the cinema world. And so I've always held it with close esteem for the nostalgic reasons, but also for great storytelling and the ambition of George Lucas of what he brought to the screen and what he wanted to do. You know, the more you read into it, the more, you know... He was brave in what he was doing there. It could have quite easily have flopped as well as become the extravagant thing that we see in front of us. I don't wish he I wish he'd stopped tinkering. I think he has now, hasn't he? Maybe. Well, we'll I don't think he's it. got he hasn't got any power to oh, well, tinker no. now if he wants no, to. That's so. true. But yeah, that all going through all those years of tinkering nearly, you know, could have destroyed a childhood dream and it didn't. Shows how strong they are. I think Number two is the strongest in the trilogy by number one, then number three. But altogether, they're just a, a good old jolly chapter-play romp. That's the only way I can describe it. We don't need to talk about the plot. Everybody knows the plot yeah, of Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you a Star Wars fan, Simon? You know, I've never seen Star Wars. What it's another the one fucking hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you come it's, on here. <laughs> it's, it's another one to add to my list. And the <laughs> funny thing about it is, I know the Star Wars movies are held in high esteem by people, mm. but the higher we went on the list, I was just starting to think, oh, maybe Star Wars ain't on their lists. <laughs> <laughs> I can pretty much guess. I was like, maybe I can avoid this uncomfortable conversation. Well, <laughs> no, we don't, it's not an uncomfortable. I mean, the thing is, not everybody likes everything. I've always said that before. Well, right? yeah, and I it's think, a good you know, job, I'll, too. I watch Star Wars, and they're like, oh, you got to watch them in this order. I'm like, yeah. I'll watch them out. It's fine. That's the, that's, that is the problem. Well, I see, I. I I would have put money on the start before we started doing this that Neil and I would have the same top two. It would just be what <coughs> what um, order they would be in. So yeah. he's he's probably <laughs> spoiled what my number one is, and I may well spoil what his number one is. Um, but I so I'll say what I want to say about Star Wars in a minute. But I've yeah. said it fucking millions of times on this podcast anyway. My number two is Indiana Jones. Now. For me, it's a perfect trilogy. Now, people mm. people tend to not like 
Temple of Doom. I've grown to love that one more and more, the more and more I watch likewise, it. Likewise, likewise. Um, Especially now we can see it uncut. Um, yes, we can see it properly on Disney+. Plus. It's the uncut version. Mm-hmm. Um, number four never needed to be made. Is there a number four? There is a number four. Oh. And I went and watched Dial of Destiny on Saturday. I'm going to quiz you Which about this the after fifth, the podcast. Right? Sorry? What was that, Simon? This is the fifth movie. This is the fifth one, yes. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And, um, I mean, look, I could go on a rampage, <laughs> but I'm not going to because I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't yeah, seen I, it yet. I saw what you said about the CGI that's used in it because yeah. I was fascinated when Will Smith did that movie and it de-aged him. Um, and so, yeah, I'm interested from that point. It's because sure. it's, the, 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 well, like I was saying, since like post-COVID, I haven't got, excited about a movie just because there hasn't been anything to be excited about to be fair just before covid was when rise of skywalker came out and mm. that kind of broke my spirit for for everything that i loved I, it took my whole like world was like in question so it's the fact that these these movies and trilogies and franchises that i love uh are being not remade but but new chapters are being made and they just do not hold up to the magic of what i had when i was a kid now maybe that's an impossible thing it's an impossible task that things from the rose tinted years of when i was a kid when i look back now and think i had no problems when i was a kid do you know what i mean whereas i did have problems when i was a kid when i was a teenager it was a terrible time no one ever wants to be a teenager again because it's horrible confusing there's there's bits of you that have growing hairs there's bits of you that have got spots all over it, and it's horrible i'd never want to be a teenager again but when you look back on your teenage years and you think oh, i love those movies and tv shows and mm. they can't that there's a lot I, I really genuinely neil feel i want to make a video to put on our youtube channel for for the indiana jones movie just because of there's so many things i want to say but obviously i can't say it because i want to spoil yeah. things for people and we'll talk about it when we when we um, yeah. <laughs> press, stop pressing record. I would always say though, everyone has to make their own mind up. Go and watch the movie and make your own mind up. I've got my visions on it. But anyway, Indiana Jones for me, the first three movies are the perfect trilogy. It's mm. everything you need in a movie with excitement, adventure, uh, comedy, just stuff that makes you scared. There's a mm. uh, my my daughter sent a picture of uh, some footage of my grandson. Uh, was staying over at her house from my other daughter on well, sometime last week, and they, she put on Temple of Doom for him, and he's six, and he sat on the sofa absolutely glued to the screen until the part when Molaram is there with the thuggy and put uh, the hand, yeah. and he and he covered his head with well, the blanket. That's, what you want. Fantastic. that's exactly what that's exactly what you need. You should be watching some of the Indiana Jones movies through your you know, you know through mm. your hands. Because they, there's some genuinely scary moments in there, so yeah. But that's that it's, for me. I mean, it's no secret. You can all guess, but I am going to say, like you said, Pav, they are the perfect roller coaster movies yeah, for me. Absolutely. I mean, I I've banged on that. You know, we we tried to do our top ten greatest movies of all time. It's my number one. It is that perfect movie, and all of them are. Whenever they're on TV, it doesn't care if you've seen them before. You'll end up watching at yes. least most of what's left. Yeah. Um and now Harrison Simon, Ford. 
It's never so, been better. Yeah, Simon is going to tell us he's never watched an Indiana Jones movie now, aren't you? Aren't you, Simon? <laughs> no, I, I have seen them, but oh, you right. know what? I think I suffered from is not seeing them when they come out. What years were they? Uh, it was 81. 81, yeah. Well, yeah, 81, was the first one. That's it, yeah. I was a bit too young for it. So, yeah, they came out before, you know, I, I was, you know, old enough to watch movies. So, um, mm. Yeah, I, I missed that, and I, if something didn't come around the nineties for me for whatever reason, and then people, you know, were still talking about it, you know, as an adult, and so I checked them out. But then I think I missed the point mm. of them by then. Because yeah. there's a lot of movies like because because of like you know the way we've come in terms of you know music movie making technology. Um, that yeah, you are like this is an old movie. Yeah, and so yeah, but but then there's there's so many classic movies that you know do suffer from that, but you are able to you know escape from that. You are still able to invest in it, and um, I hear what you're saying too about you know younger people being able to watch them and watch them you know in the same way that you guys did when you were younger. Um, a friend of mine, you know, who's probably forty five something like that now, um, you know, he's getting his kids into those movies, and he went to Indiana Jones without his kids. To watch the mm. new one right. dressed as Indiana Jones, yeah, yeah, with a hat yeah. and a whip and everything. So, <laughs> so I, how much movies mean to people? Um, I respect so much, mm. and that these movies mean so much to people. Same with Star Wars, I do respect that. And so, there's something like I, I wish you know, A, I got to experience you know, with the original wave of that, but B, if there's a way of still being able to experience that as an adult retrospectively. I'm on both. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that was my number two. Uh, before we reveal our number ones, which I think we all should know what everybody's number ones are now. Yeah, in this um, one, it's been a bit of a spoilerific one. Yeah. Um, Simon, can you give us a countdown from 10 to 2? Have you got them written down? Yeah, absolutely. Want, want, yeah, okay. If you do that, Neil will Start do that. cranking up my phone. And then I'll do that. <laughs> number 10, Final Destination. Number 9, Planet of the Apes. Number 8, Austin Powers. Number seven, Men in Black. Number six, Scream. Number five, The Matrix. Number four, American Pie. Number three, Batman. Number two, Godfather. And do I say number one now? We'll say number one in a minute. Let Neil do his first, and then I'll do mine, and then we'll reveal our number ones. Okay. So at number 10, I've got the Evil Dead trilogy. At number nine is the Vengeance trilogy. Number eight, the Dead trilogy. Number seven, Nolan's Batman trilogy. Number six, Back to the Future. Number five, Lord of the Rings. Number four, Toy Story. Number three, Godfather. And at number two, Star Wars. And mine is number 10, The Naked Gun. Nine, The Tom Holland Spider-Man. Eight, Captain America. Seven, John Wick. Six, Die Hard. Five, Back to the Future. Four, Lethal Weapon. Three, Toy Story. And two, Indiana Jones. So, Simon, what is your number one, Back to the Future number one? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? We don't need roads. <laughs> yeah. Back to the Future. There you go. So, I mean, Fantastic. so we we all had Back to the Future, didn't we? In our, yeah, in our... we all talked about it in depth. So we, we all had it, it on there. So... Mm. I got no. You haven't done. Okay. All right then. So that's your number one, Simon. Neil, what's your number one? Have a guess. Um, 
I can't think of anything funny. What Twilight. Twilight. Oh, Christ <laughs> no, almighty. Please no. don't ever do that. No, it's me. the indie trilogy. I can't not have it when I put Raiders, like I said, at the top of my yeah. movies of all time. We've spoken about it numerous times. It's perfect movies, yeah. perfect romps. They're timeless because of when they're set now. And I'm not even sure I want to go and see the new one. So, Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, and mine is, of course, Star Wars, the original trilogy. I've said far too much on this podcast in future in previous episodes. Uh, I'm sure everyone would have known that's what it would have been anyway. Perfect movies. <laughs> great movies. Okay, let's do some uh, honourable mentions. Uh, Top Head Rick uh, from uh, a couple of episodes ago. Lord of the Rings, original Star Wars, Back to the Future. Indiana Jones, there's only been three in my mind, he says. Yep. Godfather, number three isn't as bad as everyone says. The Chris Nolan Batman trilogy and Jason Bourne trilogy. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, that's a good there trilogy. Go. Bourne movies. Tim Wainwright says a lot of good movies go beyond a trilogy now. So if you're basing it on just three movies, then for me, Lord of the Rings is one of the greatest all-time trilogies. Darren Bryan said it has to be the Back to the Future trilogy for me. Doug Simpson <clears throat> says Lord of the Rings. The Maguire Spider-Man, Dark Knight, the Cornetto Trilogy, mm. the Alien Trilogy, uh, Sp- uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the OG Star Wars, the prequel Star Wars, mm-hmm. Back to the Future, and Toy Story. Anna Sanders says Indiana Jones for me. Corey Ogilvie says Back to the Future. And Karen Clark said Lord of the Rings. Fantastic. So there you go. We've done it. Movie trilogies in the bag. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you had fun. Oh, no, it was my pleasure. It's been, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, and I'm thank sure, you and, so and much for your support, we Simon. We say thank you once again for your support, Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you also for joining me on the old um, morning walks and coming out with some really obscure quiz answers for our uh, song um, titles. Oh, always. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I mean, Neil... Honestly, some of the ones he comes up with, I'm sure he's just making, he's just putting words. Honestly, like music history, and uh, I absolutely love, like if you could have a job in in music history and actually make money from it, then I absolutely I'd do it because well, it is it's definitely my number one passion. That'll have to be our next it, top 10 then. We'll have to find a music history kind of top 10 and angle. Oh, we'll we find a music. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, greatest musical stories. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll think, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, before yeah. we say our goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us? Yes, I will. So come and support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. All sorts of rewards where you could be a guest yourself. Do please come and join the fun. Email us at top 10. Oh, excuse me. Email us at <laughs> top10pods at hotmail.com with any questions you may like or any suggestions on top tens. You can find us on all the social medias. Give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow. Uh, check out all of our links via the link tree. You can see it in the show notes below. And then do please come subscribe, leave us a review and rating wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Neil. Simon, once again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you back whenever you want to come back. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Thank you very much, Simon. Great to see you, my man. Great to see you too, guys. Excellent. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you again soon. And uh, let's go start the countdown.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.